Hello and welcome back to She's In Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and videographers from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Angela Illich, a 28-year-old filmmaker from Ontario, Canada, who just like many people saw 2021 as an opportunity to jump headfirst into her dreams and become a full-time filmmaker. Her production company, On Route Productions, is her outlet for creating cinematic content through commercial, promotional, real estate, drone, and event videography and photography. Excited to hear how her journey has been going so far. Angela, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, you know, be here and be part of this awesome, awesome podcast that you're, you're doing. And such a wonderful project and honestly like I was looking forward to being here so (laughs) amazing I'm so glad we were able to make it happen and um, I'm so excited to hear your story um I was reading your your bio and it um it always interests me because because so many different people like you can you can get inspiration and kind of light that spark for your passion for video in so many different ways um but I was interested to see that yours actually stemmed from your childhood because you come from a relatively I guess creative family um so could you tell me about your childhood influences and how your passion for video came to be yeah uh so yeah pretty much basically summarize that, you know, I come from that creative family. Um, Basically, my whole childhood was filled with my dad with a, you know, one of those 90s video recorders um, (laughs) that recorded everything on tape, but every part of our life was pretty much documented where there it was like school trips or family trips, um, just being at home, everything we, you know, we were just kind of used to having a camera there. And uh, we had so many pictures um, when we like went somewhere and, and even my grandpa too, he always loved taking pictures. It was just, you know, there was always that like photography or videography kind of aspect to it. And, um, and, you know, even kind of like my mom, you know, was on like a creative side where she likes to create things. Uh, You know, she knew how to play instruments, you know, so there's always that like creative musical kind of aspect and, um, I started actually, you know, my kind of creative side started with music. Um, I started Mm. learning, like I taught myself how to play drums and um, I just, it was funny because it's like, I always wanted to be a drummer and I always wanted to like be in a band. And then (laughs) as you get to school and like high school and university, you're like, oh no, like I'm going to, you know, be something else. And even though I've always loved video and photo, I never considered that as a career, which is crazy. But um it was actually funny how that kind of sparked my interest in video was we had this like really, really small, we just got this, like me and my sister, we got this really, really small camera. It was like literally the size of your palm and it took like, oh, wow. the yeah, I know it was, it was crazy. <laughs> I think they just came out with it and it was like super cool or something, but it came with some really cheap video editing software and it actually took really bad photos. Like everything was super pixelated. <laughs> I think it was only like two megapixels at the time. Um, but I remember we were just creating home videos and she went on the computer and she just kind of was like putting edits together. And I was like, yeah. that is so cool. Like, that's really neat that, you know, you could just take all this video, put music to it and add some weird effects and it produces something funky. And I just started kind of 
experimenting that way, doing my own kind of home videos. And then as I got to high school, I was actually uh, president of the environment club for about a year or two years. And I used my video skills to promote things about the environment, like what we should do as humans to kind of protect this world. But I did that. I think I just needed an excuse to use a video camera. Actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, seriously, because it was not needed. Those videos were not needed. But it was like, <laughs> I just I wanted to do it. And I just did it. And I got my friends involved. And, um, and then, you know, getting to university, it kind of just died down, to be honest, I didn't have time for mm. it. I, I never did any video really in university. And I never really felt like I wanted to. Um, and then it wasn't until I, you know, I was working a full-time job and, uh, my friend, you know, had this kind of charity event and she was, that she was volunteering for. And she was like, Hey, we need a videographer. Like you said that you, you like video. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've kind of done just here and there videos for like friends or family or whatever. But it was just, again, it was just like always like a, uh, like a hobby. It was never anything career-wise or anything I considered doing for an event and she's like well why don't you be our videographer and I was like like inside I was like this is so crazy but in my heart I was like no this is so like this is what I need right. to do yeah it felt yeah. so right <laughs> so I just said yes and I went out and I bought my very first camera um and I I didn't even know what to do with it but <laughs> I just like I was so excited and I was like okay all you do is press record like you know I didn't know any of those frame rates or you know shutter right. speeds any of that right mm -hmm. I had like the most standard kit lens that came with it and um I just did my very first event that that year and and then it just referrals started to kind of come in and I, you know that's when I was kind of I was like, okay, like maybe, maybe I'll, this could be like a business. Like maybe this is something that I want to do. So yeah, that, that kind of just, that's how I spiraled into videography, which is so funny. Cause like even in university, I kept thinking about music and band Yeah, and it was just like crazy. Cause it's like, why didn't I ever think of video when I really, really loved video, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me that you could see music as a potential kind of path and something that was reoccurring in your life, but you didn't see video the same way or as maybe as like a realistic goal. Yeah. Yeah. It seems yourself. more realistic than music would be like me in a band looking back. I'm like, that is just so crazy. I wouldn't do that. Um, but like me as like a videographer, it's like, I've, I did it in high school. I did it before high school. Like why, you know, I did it for friends. Why could I ever do it for myself? So yeah. Yeah. I might, might I add, that is like a videographer's dream to have had video like all through their life um, as a child. So then you can go back to those home videos and like make yes. new creations with them. Like I've, I made a video for my sister's um, 15th birthday in February. And I was like, why did nobody turn on the camera and like press record? I was just using stills and like, you know, we're videographers, we make it work. But it was like, ah, those those moments, those cherished moments caught on camera is just um, something that I think we really value. Yeah, yep. And it's, it's so funny, because it's like, you know, kind of with you, like, yeah, we had video, but we have way more photos, right? When we were growing right. up. And it's just like, some certain things you're like, why was nobody holding a camera at that time? <laughs> like, it, it was just so um, necessary. And now it's like, all I do is video, like when I'm hanging out with mm -hmm. friends, like, I don't even have pictures, I rely on them to take pictures, because I'm always like, recording everything. Yes, yes, so, of course. Yeah, and it's, it's just, just interesting. 
Yeah, it is. And it's so versatile, too, because I've like, you know, once you get a camera, too, you're looking for every excuse to use it. Because first of all, you're like, <laughs> I spent some some coin on this thing. We're going yeah. <laughs> to we're going to put it to use. Um, but it's also just so awesome because the quality I mean, you know, those home videos, I, I feel like it's more of like a vintage vibe now. Everybody loves, you know, going yeah. back to that style. But I mean, having a 4K camera, our, half of our phones shoot in 4K now. Yeah, It's like the, the quality of the video is is really at our fingertips. And I saw on your on your website, too, you said the, what was it, the best, the best camera you have, the best camera is the one you ha- already have or the one you already yeah. own, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the one you in your hand that. all the time. Yeah. And it's true because it's like, you know, there there are people who are making a living off of just iPhone photography or iPhone videography or just camera, like cell phone camera in general. It doesn't have to be an iPhone, but it it's true. It's like you have to know how to really utilize that camera that is with you. Um, I got, you know, this far just on an A6500, a Sony A6500. And that is considered like a starter camera, right? Because um, yeah. some of the capabilities is nowhere near like an A7 III or an A7S III or um, one of the Canon, uh, you know, uh, family cameras. Right. And I just, I feel like, you know, if if I really wanted to, I could utilize my cell phone, right? And it's crazy how much we can do and you could be so creative with it. And if that's only what you have at your disposal, you can do so much with it. And, you know, there's no excuses at this point, Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has the the ability to be a videographer now if they really wanted to, especially with the, you know, I feel like back in the day, if you wanted these skills, you did have to go to a university program or to film school. And now, you know, we utilize things like like full-time filmmaker and online trainings to, to enhance our skills. And it's been really, really helpful. Yeah. And I, ha- I never went to university for it or college or anything. Um, for this program. I actually graduated in business, which is mm. helpful now, right? But, right. Um, I, you know, I never went into it. And I just, it was self-learning, like all online, right? Like you learn so much for these online courses. And um, I don't know, it, it's crazy. Cause like, yeah, just sitting at, on your laptop at home, like you could just do so much with it, right? <laughs> you could conquer the world, basically. It's right at your fingertips. Absolutely. Yeah. Was there, um... So when you first started, I guess, self-training in film, so you, you went to this gig and you, the the charity event gig, and you were kind of rolling with what the camera was, was, had, right? You weren't adjusting any settings. You weren't really like planning out the video in your head before you, you shot it. You went, you shot it, you figured it out in the edit, I'm sure. Um, well, first of all, tell us more about that experience, your first event. Were you nervous as anything? I, I could just imagine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I was so nervous. I actually asked because my friends came. I asked like all my friends to come. I was like, please come and like support my first time. Aww. Please come to this event. They did. They, what great they were, friends. Yeah, they were lovely. They're lovely people. They they came and I was like, please sit at the back with me because I was going to be at the, all the way at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like this audience all in front of me and then the stage. And they're like, okay, we'll sit at the back with you. And I'm like, okay, I feel bad for them because they won't get to see much of the, you know, much of a vi- uh, a view on stage because you're all the way at the back. But mm-hmm. they did it and they were there. And I was just like, I think like before they arrived, I was super nervous. And then when they arrived, I was still super nervous. But I was like, okay, at least if anything, even if I failed that night, I would still have like 
four people there who would like support me, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they would still love me even if I failed. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I just set up my camera on a tripod. Like you said, no setting adjustments. And I just hit record. And honestly, I just, I never stopped recording. Like I, I never did these like, oh, it's a break. Let me hit, you know, stop. <laughs> right. Like I just kept recording. And little did I know it was on 4K settings. So I had no idea. But oh my goodness, that's so much space you were taking yes. up on this. cards. <laughs> and the A6500 had like a recording limit before it started overheating. And I started getting this like error message where it was like, camera is really hot. It's going to shut <laughs> off soon. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, that's, that's it. Like I knew I was going to fail. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah, failing right head. now because my camera's malfunctioning. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, I was saying it to my friends. I was like, yep, I don't know what to do. And I was like, I feel like crying. And they're like, why don't you see if you can switch it to like a lower resolution? So I was like, okay. So I like went in and I was like, came with the settings at that point and I was like okay I switched it to like 1080 and I, that fixed it but like at the time I didn't know I was going to fix it and ended up finishing the whole event I got all of the footage no one knew this even happened yeah <laughs> I pulled yeah. the video together like I edited it edited it fine uh they loved it but it was just it was um uh, it was interesting how that kind of happens I guess like your first event you're like oh my god please don't oh, fail yeah of, of course but I mean having your friends there was I'm, I'm probably sure uh helpful but what I'm thinking of is like when you're at that event and everything is is going wrong seemingly right it's not uh if it will go wrong it's what will go wrong when it'll go wrong is what you're thinking yep. um it really is just about problem solving. And I think that's what a lot of, of videography is. And I mean, you have a lot of projects under your belt now from mm -hmm. that, you know, after that experience. But that's what I think was the the biggest thing to learn for me. That was like, not every shoot is going to go 100% as planned. Most of the time, it's not. It's how are you going to adjust? But the thing that gives you confidence in going into those shoots is having the background knowledge to know that when something goes wrong, you can you can fix it. So was, was that experience kind of um the jumping off point for you to go into these courses and things to just get that knowledge and have that foundation yeah and you're so right when you say it's all it's like a lot of it is problem solving like you know maybe at least 50 percent is problem solving when it comes to videography yeah. um and i think it was about so that event was in august and i think it wasn't until about february or january that I kind of really dove deep into the online courses. Mm -hmm. And even like in, in online courses, it, they don't, the first thing they don't like, the first thing that they talk about isn't problem solving, right? Like they talk about everything else but problem solving, I feel. Right. So it still took quite a few projects after that for me to realize like, okay, like I could be as prepared as possible for all of my shoots, but something is always gonna go wrong, you know? And sometimes, you know, you're lucky and nothing goes wrong, but like you have to really just be able to pivot on your feet super quickly mm -hmm. and just have enough gear packed with you so that if something failed, you have a backup. Um, yeah. And yeah, like you said, you just need that knowledge to know, like if like 4K is taking up too much storage, it's now I understand why 4K takes up more storage than 1080, right? Right, right. Um, so yeah, it, it's just knowing your stuff and 
being prepared and just not freaking out, I think, too. I think if I had just cried and, and you know, freaked out completely and stopped recording, I would have just missed my chance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what happened? You said you started starting um, doing the online courses and things in February. What happened between, I guess, that August event and February? Were you... Um, I guess, still thinking like, okay, I'm going to stick with my, my full-time gig video isn't for me. What was going on during that period of time? Cause was this also during the pandemic? No, this was actually, uh, two years prior to the pandemic. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So I started doing it part-time. Um, and then, so basically what had happened between that kind of period to answer your question was, um, you know, I finished the event. The fact that they ended up loving it, I think was, um, kind of what made me not want to quit <laughs> early yeah, on. That external you validation, know. of course. Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. There's like a bunch of people who do love it. So I'm like, okay, like I did a pretty good job. Um, and then I think, you know, kind of, cause I, I saw the online course and, but I hadn't made the purchase yet. So I, I think in my mind I was like, okay, you know, there is hope because there's this online course. I don't have to go to college or, you know, kind of quit my job to like, yeah visit a physical location I can do this when I come home from work right Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I was doing I was doing all weekends I was doing it um when I got home from work and I think like I think just I think if I really screwed up that first video I might have reconsidered it right but the fact that it went well and then seeing that like online course and seeing that there is so much to learn and that I can learn and I love learning I'm like, yeah, like there's hope I can do it. You know, if so many other people can do it, like, so can I, right? Of course, of course. And you even see the, like, for example, full-time full-time filmmaker, Parker, who, you know, owns and operates and created full-time filmmaker, he started somewhere too. You look back to his very first video and you're like, oh, (laughs) this looks nothing like what he can produce now. So you're like, if you you do, you see these these, um, other people kind of accomplishing this transformation after doing some some self-teaching and everything like that. And it it really starts to kind of bring those dreams into reality. You can can see the roadmap of how to get there. And that um, that's definitely inspiring. Yep, yep, for sure. And, you know, just having like a, a community of people who are kind of in the same shoes as you, right? And and then you see the success stories of other people. You're like, oh, okay, like, obviously, everyone started somewhere. And like you said, like Parker, his initial videos were like, so I don't want to say so bad, but they're, you know, they're so amateur, right? Like, yes, and yeah. that reminds me of my times, right? Like my amateur times or whatever. And so it's like, yeah, it's that expiring moment where you're like, wow, he put all that effort into himself and into growing and learning all these skills. Why can't I do that? Like I can definitely do that. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely just, you know, even like today, like us talking, it's like, it's great. It's great because we get to kind of listen to each other's stories and it's like, wow, she accomplished that. Like, I could totally accomplish too, you know, or I could do something else. I could do something better. Um, So I think that's when you kind of like, when you have this competitive kind of mindset and you're always looking at someone as like a competitor, you'll never grow as a person. Right. And I think for me, I love that we're a community, you know, whether it's a local community or like this online community, it's like, I'm learning from so many people because they're sharing their experiences they're sharing their life stories. And at the same time, it's motivating because you're like, I can, I can do better for myself tomorrow, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this podcast has served as that outlet for me, especially because like, you know, I, I knew I had some fundamental skills and everything. And I knew, you know, following along with the course with Parker's course that I was able to, to do it, but you do kind of need those pushes of motivation and inspiration from other people to kind of continue your path. And I think that, you know, podcasts and online communities serve as a great way to do that because you're, you're hearing the testimonies of people from all walks of life, you Mm -hmm. know, from, from all over the world doing exactly what you want to set out to do. So I think it, it's really great in that way. I, I do have one question though. So we were talking about how, how Parker, you know, his, his previous videos, those were considered amateur. What would you say was your transition from amateur to to pro was there a specific time after a certain amount of videos after a certain amount of clients when did you consider yourself leaving the amateur world and stepping into as a professional creative yeah it's a good question um i think for me it would be a point where i came home after that shoot and i was like well, first of all, I went into that shoot and I was like, I know what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think prior to that specific shoot, I was always like, okay, like I hope I got this right. Like I hope, you know, whereas that shoot I came in, I knew exactly which settings to use, which settings to change. Um, I knew pretty much all of my stuff. Um, yeah. And I think after that shoot, I came home and I just felt so good about it. And I just couldn't wait to edit it. And then when I did finalize and finish up the product, you know, the client ended up loving it. And I think after that point, I was like, okay, like I've stepped up my game, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course, in no way am I like, yeah, I'm at my prime. I've, you know, I'm producing the best. I think, you know, for me, I'm still learning, but there was definitely like that noticeable difference of my confidence level, but also like the videos that I was producing myself, I, I could watch them and be like, this is pretty good, you know? And still, I look yeah. back at a video I produced two months ago and I'm like, this is pretty good. Like, I'm never going to be like, wow, this is amazing, you know? Right. Um, and I think like even, and, and like I kind of felt the same um, kind of moment actually last year when the pandemic hit and I was able to solely focus on video. There was a point where I produced a video and I was like, I felt like, you know, internally, like I felt like there was this, um, like a little, if you're a picture, like a video game and you know, when you like level up, you like receive a star or something. <laughs> yes. I felt yeah. like internally, like I, like I achieved another star. I was like, okay, I feel like I've leveled up my game again, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just can't wait to continue to get those moments. And I don't know how often it's going to happen. It could be every year, it could be every two years, but right. or five years maybe, but, um, yeah, you, you feel it internally, like I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's when I've tried to, because I've been trying to create a website for um, for my production company that I, that I also launched this year. And I've been thinking like in the About Me page, like I was really trying to think of my why. And I think that my why for for getting into this field even is a little bit selfish. It's because I'm chasing mm-hmm. that feeling of it's I can't even I can't even really describe it it's like a mix of adrenaline and pride and like accomplishment (laughs) it's like like you were saying that leveling up kind of feeling it's like uh you know something to really strive for and it's it's when you're in that competition with yourself 
a little bit. Like you're just trying to be the best version. You're trying to, um, you know, every video you're trying to get better. That feeling is addicting. And that's definitely yeah. why, why I do it. And that's <laughs> something that I chase after. So um, I don't know if I'm going to write all that in, in the uh, about me section of my website. But, <laughs> but that's definitely, I can definitely relate to what you're, what you're saying. That's actually funny. It's like I could just picture in your bio saying like addicted to getting better. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's all about me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um funny. it's it's so true though. Like I you like I've been feeling it, but you just like described it perfectly. Like it's always that like in a way it is selfish because it's it's always that feeling of like when I produce this like really good video, like I can't wait to get those compliments to like say it was really good. Right. <laughs> feel so satisfied. Like, and at the same time, like having your own business, it's so satisfying too. Cause it's like your baby, like you're yeah. literally nurturing and growing your own baby. Like I, I gave birth to this business and I'm watching <laughs> it grow basically. And that's yeah. self-fulfilling too, right? Like you just feel so great. Cause you're like, wow, I'm getting more clients. I'm getting more yeah. recognition. Like people are saying, better things about my business or really nice things. And um, yeah, it's like, it, it's it's definitely that that feeling. <laughs> yeah, I say that videography is unique in that, or creative arts in general is unique in that the progress is more measurable than other fields. You know, you can tell when, you know, you've stepped up your your game because your your social media strategy for your business changes and your mm. profiles look different and you're getting more likes, you're getting more comments, you're, you know, you're, you're uh, bringing in more leads for clients, you're just more proud of the videos that you're, you're producing, that progress is measurable, um, which also means that you can identify times in your business when you know you're not doing the work that you can be doing or you're not reaching your full potential. So it's really um, creative arts in general are very like self-directed. Like you can measure that progress and then you can determine like, hey, I'm not, I don't feel like I've leveled up in this skill. Let me pinpoint this and go find a course that'll teach me how to do that and level up in that way. So I think it's really, if you have the motivation to do it and you are self-directed, you can, you can take it as far as the eye can see. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and you're so right because when you look at certain people who, you know, kind of just get to a level and they don't want to learn anymore. They've start producing like cookie cutter type videos, right? Like it's the yeah. same video as the previous one, just maybe a different story. Mm -hmm. um, but like if you're constantly, for example, watching other people's stuff and, and you're learning from other people, you're like, yeah, like I, I can achieve that too. I can do that too. And, yeah. and then you always like, you want to find ways to learn those skills. And then again, it's self-directed, like you said, because then you're researching on YouTube how to do this in this program or you know how to get the best lighting or whatever it is and um, and it's I can see why it's such a hard uh, kind of industry as well because in the beginning when you are kind of just starting out and you might not get those comments and you might not get those likes it can be really defeating right like it can yeah. really suck sometimes to kind of be so proud of your video or your work and then you post it on social media and the stupid algorithm, you don't get any recognition for it. So then you start yeah. thinking like, wow, was that my video? You know, like, did it suck? Because I right. felt so great about it, you know? And so it can be so hard because you could love it, but then you get nothing in return and you're like, well, do I love it at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really tough. I think um, I, I experienced that personally. I'd created a video. It was actually my first, I, I just got my camera. I use a, a Panasonic GH5. I had just got my camera and a friend of mine from back in high school, um, she has like a little boutique 
um, like thrifting business. So she was at a flea market. And so I brought my camera there and I was like, hey, can I just like shoot a little promo for you? And I made this promo and I actually like I edited it together and I thought it was okay. And looking back now, like it was okay. Um, and she, you know, had told me, oh my God, I love it so much. I, I, I can't wait to use it and then never used it. <laughs> and so it was like my first video and I, and I was like, oh wow, gosh. like, is she just, is she, does she feel bad for me? Is she just like trying to hype me up? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's not really good. It's never going to see the light of day. So it's, um, I haven't even posted that personal video or that video on my personal page because I, I have this apprehension of like, I, that that's like the tricky game with that external validation factor is like, if somebody praises your work and then doesn't actually like follow through with it it can make you feel a type of way but if somebody you know completely ignores your work it can it can go it can go that same way and then on the other side of that if somebody is like really hyping up your work that can you know also give you this inflated uh not ego I guess but (laughs) this inflated sense of like oh I did that like I'm I'm really really good so uh um yeah Yeah. relying too heavily on that external validation can be a, a dangerous game to play yeah. And I think that's the, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but if, if I'm looking at all the industries that exist, I think that's like the only industry that that is true for. Like, you're not in construction sitting here going like, yeah, someone's going to judge my work and then I'm going to do better. Like, you're just working nine to five or whatever the, the time slot is, right? right? Or like in an office, right? Like, yeah, you get praised for your work or maybe you get in trouble for not doing your work. But like, it's never this drive of like, when you get so many likes or when you get so many so much feedback, you're like, I feel super awesome. Like, I feel like Wonder Woman. And then when you get yeah. like nothing, you're like, that's it. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to like, I'm right. just going to do nothing with my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I find <laughs> that I do like, cause I work a nine to five right now. I'm still full time and working my, my um, production company as my side gig on the mm. um, part time. And, you know, I, I find like every day I'm just kind of doing the job. And, you know, you, you're not really susceptible to like negative feedback unless you do something wrong on the job. But um, when I get praise, it's like, OK, like that was like a nice compliment, but like I don't get anything yeah. like, out of it, like tangible out of it like you would with a video like, oh, you, you made a great video. Now they're going to recommend you to eight of their friends and then that's potential clients or they're going to share yeah. it on their social media. That's more eyes on your work. It's more like I feel like in in other jobs and other fields, it's more of like a pat on the back than it is really an endorsement of your work. Yeah. Yeah. No, you said it right. Like it, it it's true. And it, I don't know if it has anything to do with like the fact that it's your business. And again, it's growing, growing your business like if somebody really loves it, it means, like you said, like more referrals. So your business is going to grow. Whereas like when you're working somewhere, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm just promoting your business. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Working for the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you were, what did you do full-time? What was your full-time gig before you, you entered the video space? Uh, so I actually, I was working at a company that did uh, it, I was like a project manager for uh, website developments. Um, they were also doing some social media marketing, design work, that kind of stuff. So I was kind of like that admin liaison between the client. And then I would listen to what they wanted and then mm-hmm. put in those requests to whichever department needed to have that done. Right. right. So a little bit agency. It sounds like an agency to me, like agency yeah, work. Pretty much. Yeah. Like an agency. Yeah. Okay. And you said during the pandemic, um, you were laid off during that time? Yeah. So as soon as the pandemic hit, I got laid off. 
well, actually, I was supposed to be working from home, and then that never happened. It kind of mm. turned itself into a layoff. Right. Um, and I was like, you know, as I think as ever with everyone else, we were like, okay, in two weeks, like we'll be back to normal. Like, you know, things will just go back to how it was. And yeah. And then that never happened. And then I was like, okay, maybe a year by and a half later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Um, but it wasn't until about like, so that was in March. And then it wasn't until about like that summer that I started getting people contacting me of like, oh, this person referred me to you. Um, you know, we need video work. And, and it was like, okay, like, sure. This is like good, like kind of side income. Like, why not? And then come about winter time, I was getting real estate agents kind of reaching out to me saying, hey, do you do this? Like, do you do photos? Do you do videos? Do you do virtual tours? Like all of that. And um, it was something it was funny because it was something that I really wanted to do even prior to the pandemic. I was always like, yeah, I really want to mm. jump into real estate, uh, like the media aspect of it. And I just never did because I was working the full time nine to five job. Yeah. And um, it was just funny because I was like, you know what? Like, who am I kidding? This is like the perfect time to start this. And that kind of just like spiraled into yeah. I ended up getting a contract for uh, with like a brokerage to do um, uh, monthly videos for them. And then that kind of, you know, escalated into agents reaching out to me, using me for their uh, either listing work or branding work and then I was getting more clients elsewhere like commercial clients and and then I was I just put in my notice and I was like it wasn't even a notice it was like hey I've been laid off like see ya kind of thing and um and yeah I've I've been doing this full-time since this year like January so wow wow wow. so what was the (laughs) transition like going from I guess like a typical kind of nine to five gig to working your own hours, making your own schedule, especially during the pandemic when you're likely working from home? Yeah. So uh, in the beginning, I was terrible, uh, you know, <laughs> because of the fact that like I was so used to a routine of like, OK, wake up, go to work, come home, I'm, you know, eat, uh, shower. And then by the time I get to actually work on video stuff, it wasn't until like 7 p.m. Yeah. And I was starting to do that, even though like the whole day I wasn't working, I was starting to do my business stuff at night. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Like, why can't I reverse it? And it was so, so hard. Like it took a lot of willpower to get me to work during the day. And that means I can relax at night, you know? And so it was like, I think that change of um, setting my own hours, not having someone breathing down my neck kind of thing to say, hey, you know, where are you? Why aren't you at work? Why aren't you doing this? And just kind of really being self-motivated to do everything you knew you needed to do instead of procrastinating. Like, I am so much better at procrastinating now than I was before. Like, I I still procrastinate sometimes, but not what I used to a year ago. And that was, I think, the hardest thing for me was just organizing myself enough to, I guess you know, make that schedule, like you said, like make my own schedule, make my own hours and complete the work for my clients so that they're not waiting four months or whatever, you know, it would be. Yeah, absolutely. I find that I'm, I don't know whether I got this from university or what have you, but I am a major procrastinator (laughs) no matter what it is. If it's something that, okay, I'll take that back. If it's something I'm passionate about, I'll do it no problem. But like there are 
and I probably shouldn't be saying this on the podcast in case my clients hear it, but there are some <laughs> um, retainer like clients that I have that if I know I can get a video done, it's only going to take me 30 minutes. I don't know why my brain won't say, okay, as soon as I get this assignment, just take the 30 minutes, Cal. You know what's going to take it there? Only 30 minutes. Just take it in the beginning and then you're free to do whatever you want. I say, no, you know what? We're going to do a million other things. We're just going to hang out a little bit. We're going to do this. And then, you know, an hour before it's due, I'm like, you know what? Now's a good time to start that project. <laughs> and I stress myself out and it's, I just, I, I don't know what it is. So that's... I think honestly that knowing myself and and knowing the type of person that I am is one of the bigger things preventing me from going full time is knowing that I don't know that I could be that self-directed because it does take a lot to just like, you know, if you're, if you seemingly have no set time to be there, like you were saying, you have no one breathing down your neck, what you, you have to motivate yourself to, to stick to those, uh, to stick to that schedule and I just, I don't think I can make those promises to myself <laughs> and keep them at, at this present moment. So I, I, I give you a lot of credit because I imagine it's it's tough to put it, uh, to find that motivation. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you, like, you know, especially if you're kind of like a bit similar to how I was, um, like, don't get me like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm still at a point where I could be so much better, right? Like if right. I continue to improve and set that routine, like I could be a lot better than what I was but or what I am now but um I won't lie to you that it took me like a year to get to this point so I believe um, it yeah and they say like routine usually kicks in after two weeks of doing it continuously so that was super hard okay to do it continuously but I think what really 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 helped me was once I kind of had a mindset that I was full-time which was the beginning of the year I really changed in myself like I noticed a drastic change where I was like okay say I had a storefront like say I had an actual business location if I was to be like say I you know it was open like clients won't come to me at 4 p.m they're gonna come to me at 9 a.m or 8 30 a.m or whatever and so why do I want to be that business that you know is like not reliable because they're unavailable Mm -hmm. suddenly at 9 a.m so I had to like really reframe my mindset to sit here and be like if I was in a business location right now my own business location what time would people expect me there and then that's kind of how I set that time so that really helped me get to a really good point um and I you know obviously I'm going to continue bettering myself in that sense but yeah that would be my advice to anyone who's listening that, you know, that could help <laughs> just reframing your mindset of, of instead of looking at yourself of like, I'm self-employed, look at yourself as I'm a business and how do I want to appear to others? That's a, that's an excellent point. I think, um, I think a lot of people could benefit from that, especially myself. <laughs> um, but I think um, it, there's, there's a difference. There, there's something that, that switches. And I think maybe it's the fact that you're relying on your business for income. Now there's something that switches when you're doing it as just a side gig and you're enjoying the, you know, you're reaping the financial benefits of that and you're getting to kind of engage in your hobby. Can you tell, can you tell us about that switch from when it goes from being your hobby (laughs) to becoming like your, your livelihood? Yeah, it was, it was like, really weird I think that's the best way I can describe it was weird it was also really scary um Mm. for me because you know like I do live at home so I have that kind of um 
you know, like blessing to, you know, not have to worry about rent, for example. But um, so like budgeting was a little bit different in my sense, but I was used to a paycheck every two weeks. And then suddenly that was cut off, right? Like suddenly you're not doing that anymore. And so it was like, if if I'm not getting any clients this this month, like I'm not getting any any income this month, like no one's going to sit here and pay me, right? So it was it was really hard and really scary like it, it, and i mean weird like it was weird in the sense that like being used to something for so long so you know you're working for 10 years 15 years whatever however old you are you you're working for so long you're used yeah. to a system and then suddenly you're creating that system right so you're being paid essentially every day or every week, like whatever your client load is like is when you're getting paid. So it's just weird in that sense, but then scary in the sense of, am I going to have clients next month? (laughs) You know, are people going to come back because they like my work? So it's always like a hustle. And that's why they say like being self-employed is a hustle because it's like you're constantly hustling for those clients, you know? Yeah, it is not for the for the faint of heart there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or the ones who have like really, you know, what do you call it? Like buttery fingers or, or whatever it is where you like spend a lot of money, right? Like where your money slips <laughs> through your hands. Like if right. you're spending a lot of money on other things, you probably shouldn't be self-employed. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I have that problem <laughs> and I'm not self-employed. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, so do you think the initial thrill of like video production has gone away at all or like your passion has diminished at all because it's your business now? Because that's another thing I'm a little bit worried about for if I ever transition to full time. Um, no, actually, if anything, it really pushed it because mm. and it goes back to like that, um, like it's your baby and you're kind of growing it. So it was like every video that I, I, you know, accomplished was another portfolio piece for me, which went on my website, which went on my social media. And then which potentially because you're possibly tagging the business or whatever, like it's right. potentially growing your client base. So it was like, it actually increased because I was more of like, wow, like the more I do, the more clients I get kind of thing. And it was just like, I love this more. Like, and then you were learning more things, right? So it was like, I love it even more because like now that I'm doing it all the time, I'm learning so much more, right? So I don't think it went away. And I know that's like a huge issue, something I worried about too. I was like, what if I really start doing this and then I start hating it, you know? But I think like kind of doing what you're doing, where you're like doing it self, uh, like on the part, like part side, uh, part time, and then mm-hmm. you're working full time. Like if you were sick of your part time, <laughs> then you shouldn't be doing it full time. Right. So but you yeah. love it. So I feel like once you start a full time, you're going to love it even more. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could see that. Um, I just think I like like just for my lifestyle, having both. Because for me, if I put pressure on it, even a little bit of pressure on it, like just the type of person I am, I, I think that it would it would just go down a different road for me. Plus, yeah. I'm having fun with it now. And as long as I'm having fun with it, like I'm I'm fine with it because I, I get yeah. to my I, I love my full time job, too. I have a, I have a great gig in marketing, um, but getting to just level up my skills in video on the side, work on projects that I want to work on because I'm not relying on it to put food on the table. Um, And just getting to kind of build my portfolio and build my skills 
you know, there might be a point where I get to where I really start bringing on clients and business starts amping up and I and I see those the, that con- consistent leveling up of my skills where I'm like, OK, I feel like I can do this full time. But right now there's no there's no pressure for me for me to do that, especially because I just la- officially launched in February. And with, oh, with that, thank you so much. And with I mean, I still don't have a website up yet. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm very slowly rolling this out. Um, because I said, there's no pressure to do that. It's a for soft me. launch. Exactly. 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 Over the course of uh, the next two years, we'll see. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, no, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, if you feel that like, if you love both, like why give up one kind of thing, right? And, yeah. And there's no right way to do it, right? Like you're still self-employed. Like you're still doing what you love. You still have your business. Like there's no, it's not like get to that full time and that's it. Like that's your only goal. And that's the only way you can achieve, you know, happiness, right? Like right. it's, I think if you're going to pressure yourself to get full time, you're going to, you're going to end up probably hating it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm on a, I'm on a pretty good path as of right now, do you believe that you would have gone full-time with videography had you not been laid off? Or was that like the push and the kind of circumstance that you needed to really plunge into it? So <laughs> I always, not always, but very often I look back and I'm like, okay, had this pandemic not happened and had my layoff, layoff not happened, like what would my life look like? And, you know, like starting uh, January, maybe December of 2019. Um, so January, 2020 or December, 2019, I was kind of like looking for a part-time job that, you know, I was going to leave that, that job that I was at and find a part-time job doing something, uh, you know, similar to kind of what I love, but, um, that way it was part-time so I can focus more full-time on my business. Like my goal was to always do this full-time. Like once Mm -hmm. I, once I kind of realized, that I love, I really, really loved it. And that there were people who loved my work too. I was kind of like, you know what? Like I could see myself doing this full time. So that was always my goal, but I think it was going to be a really, really, really slow transition of like going full-time to part-time in my career and then slowly drifting away from part-time and then going full-time into my business. Like I, I think, and I think that's why like when the pandemic hit to when I actually went full-time, it was you know, nine months or 10 months, because I think there was still that hesitation of like, will this work? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, what are your, I guess, goals for your business now? Cause you just launched this year. So, um, well, okay, let's, let's take it back one second. What would you say your evolution has been with your business since you launched to right now? Have you seen any any growth? Are there things that you learned along the way? What can you tell us? Yeah, for sure. I learned like I'm I feel like I'm always learning, like if not daily, then at least like weekly or something. But right. um, so in like when I started this year to now, like I my client base has um, like my client base has uh, increased. Like I've definitely gotten a lot more clients and um, I've definitely definitely ventured a lot more into the real estate world which was cool Mm -hmm. um and you know it's kind of like a a weird mix of real estate with just commercial work um but i think you know like i don't know about you guys in new jersey but for us we kind of been going into lockdown and then out of lockdown and then again into lockdown so it's been really 
putting off some of the projects that I was supposed to start. Um, like there's a spa that I'm supposed to be doing uh, videos for, like recurring videos, but when they were in lockdown, they weren't allowed to be open. So what was the point of doing the videos? And of course, um, so I can kind of see like it continuing to grow with like these retainer clients like that, where it's like you're doing more monthly video work and then I'm doing real estate work so that there's like daily work in that. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's crazy. Like the amount of work that I've gone from January to now is like, it's almost like two years combined into six months, <laughs> which yeah, is crazy. Oh yeah. And you know, so it was just like cool seeing that like growth. It was like, bam, I went live or I went full time and then boom, like I'm just working. Like it was just like, yeah. so such a weird transition. Um, but yeah, that that's been my growth in the last six months. What would you say was the biggest contributing factor to that growth? Um, it would have to be just the referrals, honestly. Like it was just like, oh, this person told me about your work and I've seen your work. So it was really cool. Like, let's work together kind of thing. And um, I think, too, it was really nice getting that like retainer client with that brokerage because um, that really just kind of like they're really great people to work with. Like the one she's uh, like the marketing um, head of marketing there. And she's super like, she's creative herself. She's super open to my ideas. She has ideas. And it's just like really great working with people like that because they appreciate your talent, but then they're not shy to say, well, actually I didn't like that, you know, like, yeah. can we do it this way? And I love that kind of feedback and that opportunity to learn from each other because you know, when you get a client who wants to control everything or when you get a client who's too relaxed, like it makes me scared both ways. Right. So yeah. she's very involved and they're like even the head of the brokerage. She's super awesome. And like, I think that was also like a big that was a big deal for me. Just getting that retainer client was super, super big. And yeah, I think both of those kind of contributed to my growth. Awesome. So where do you see your growth taking you for the rest of the year? What are your goals for the rest of 2021 as far as your business is concerned? I think just getting myself to a point where, uh, like, I want to finish off 2021 with, of course, you know, I'm always looking for new clients. Um, kind of if I, if this, if we don't see a lockdown again, <laughs> you know, if we're able to stay open, it'd be really great because I could get that spa as a retainer. And then that way, you know, I can kind of do the rest of the year with two retainer clients and then real estate. And I think that'll keep me busy enough to just continue to grow my video skills, but then also continue to grow my portfolio, which will again, grow my clients for the next year. Um, and then I think just finishing up the courses that I have because <laughs> they're not I feel done. you on that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> I feel like they're all half started. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can I can totally relate to that. And, yeah. and of course, the next new shiny course that comes out, I'm like, oh, I think I need that one too. It's like, no, finish the one you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you get to a point where you're like, if I just watch like, you know, a couple more videos, I could probably be better or if I practice a few more times. So I just want to get to a point where, you know, and I'm not just talking about sitting in front of a computer screen and just watching it. Like I want to like learn more and then practice, like go to my next job with those new things that I learned and be like, how can I apply that? And so I think like self 
self-growth as well as like actual growth where it comes to like new clients. I think that would be my goals for the next six months. They're awesome and realistic goals. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you that. So we're uh, we're definitely looking forward to seeing you accomplish accomplish those. I lied to you. I said we were going to try to keep it under an hour, and we're at like the fifty three minute mark. So we're we're closing up right now. I'll All try right. to do some editing. <laughs> oh man, it's just these female filmmakers I have on the show. They're just too great. Their stories are too good. We're never. We're just going to be a long <laughs> podcast. That's that's the end of that story. <laughs> we're just a lot of talkers, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly who knew who knew women love to talk yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right angela yeah. tell us any exciting projects you have coming up that we can look out for um well, any projects you like to plug you want to plug anything? yeah actually there is it's it's pretty big project actually um it's for again for that brokerage we're going to be working on uh they're called community videos so they're kind of like in a sense, like a touristy video, but related to real estate. So it's going to be huge in the sense where I literally have to capture the whole city in a video <laughs> um, and kind of, uh, I guess, showcase the best features of that city. Like why, like persuade you basically to move here and why you should move here. And I have to do that in a video. So there's going to be a lot of filming and a lot of storytelling I have to like really pull my creative juices out for this one. Yeah. Um, it's a huge project. It's just going to, you know, it's going to take up a lot of, I think, my time, but it's going to be super fun, right? Like I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also super scared to like do it. <laughs> it sounds like a really amazing challenge. Just like that. And, and to have that, you know, when it's all said and done, to have that video under your belt and it added to your portfolio is just going to be such a an incredible add to your to your business, to your real everything. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's going to be super like it's funny because it's like I'm looking forward to the end of the video. Like I'm looking to forward to like actually having it done, but I'm not looking right. forward to doing it, <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I'm like, <laughs> I know it's going to look super kick ass, but uh how am I gonna get there I don't know yet like I have to like literally carve out maybe three hours of my time if not more to like sit down and plan it all out you know yeah yeah absolutely that's uh it's a big undertaking but <laughs> it, it's all gonna pay off it always it always does in video I think <laughs> I think so too I think you're right awesome so what is one thing about your story that you want people listening to this episode to remember um, I think the biggest takeaway would be, um, you know, for me, I was always like, okay, I'll do it full time. I'll do it full time. You know, I'll make the jump, but I'm not ready yet. I don't know if I'm ready yet. Like I was always hesitant, you know, on making that leap. I knew in my heart that I really wanted to. Um, and, you know, I guess I could say it took a pandemic for me to do it kind of thing. But mm -hmm. um, the biggest takeaway would be like for the next person listening to this, like, definitely do it smart. Like I'm not saying just like, bam, quit and do it. Definitely do it smart where is this realistic? Is this sustainable? But if the only thing that's holding you back is the fear of, am I good enough? Are my videos good enough? Am I going to get clients? If that's the only thing holding you back, um, don't, right? Like we somehow are just uh, like hardwired to doubt ourselves and to constantly, yeah, think of the ways we can fail at something instead of the ways we can succeed. And I hope somebody like walks away from this and thinks about 
like Mel Robbins always says that five, four, three, two, one, do it. Like, don't even give yourself five seconds to think about how you're going to fail. Just do it, you know, and, and just take that leap and, and just don't, don't let that fear stop you basically. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that applies to a lot of our listeners who are just, you know, getting into the video field or, or just looking to the women on this podcast and, and the guests that we feature to give them some, some direction and inspiration. And you did just that. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, uh, this was really great. It was really great connecting. It was really great meeting you. And it's just, I think it's really, really awesome that you have this podcast and, you know, I, for a fact, know that it's going to help a lot of people, but thank you so much for doing it. Like, I just want to say thank you for doing it. <laughs> thank you so much. That, that means, that means everything to me. I, uh, this, this venture, like most of my ventures started out as a selfish mission, you know, to find, <laughs> you know, to get, to chase that feeling, but it's, it's grown into a lot more than that. So I will leave you th with this final question, Angela, how can the yeah. viewers and listeners of this podcast support you as a filmmaker? Yeah, so uh, to support, uh, you know, they can definitely check out my uh, Instagram. They can give me a follow there. Uh, the Instagram handle is just on root productions with underscores separating uh, each word. Um, or check out my website. It's just on rootproductions.ca. Uh, and then from there, you'll be able to kind of check out my social media. There's social media links on there, and they'll be able to just click on that and go like, follow. You know what they say, go like, follow, subscribe. <laughs> subscribe, comment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So we yeah. will uh, we'll be following along on your journey virtually, of course, and hopefully <laughs> maybe one day in person. Yeah, maybe. Maybe once like everything kind of just settles with the pandemic, we'll meet up one of these days. You know, your New Jersey's not far away from where I'm at, so Yes, absolutely. We will get the whole gang together, have a female filmmaker <laughs> reunion, a she's in focus. Wow, a she's in focus reunion uh, would be would be awesome. That's one of my goals for like what twenty twenty five at this point. We will <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. All right, Angela, thank you so much for your time today. And as usual, thank y'all so much for watching, and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye.